welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Tonight, I welcome in my co-host, as always, Gerard Barrera, and our little Atreus, Theo Wolski. How are you guys doing tonight? What's up, my fellow gamers, comic book readers, and nerds? Hello, guys. How you guys doing? How was the week? Uh, it's nice to actually see sunlight, opposed to a big blanket of snow for the past couple days in Colorado. <laughs> Well, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of nice when I get to avoid work because the highways closed down. <laughs> that's that. That is an um, you that's know, an amazing, was, amazing excuse. Especially that, like, it works because that didn't work for me. It um, <laughs> it was a nice balmy seventy degrees here today. Oh, I hate you. Uh, yeah, it was a lovely sixty degrees out in Cali. <laughs> I just, you know, couldn't decide whether to wear my sandals, shorts. Maybe a hoodie. I don't know. I couldn't decide. Dude, and you're sitting there wearing a beanie and it's 60 uh, degrees. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I'm from California. I mean, he okay. needs the beanie for 60 degrees because he's from California. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, just, whereas, uh, whereas, like, I'm good with just a, a hoodie at around 35 degrees. <laughs> Where it's actually needed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, out here I walk out in shorts and like it's fifty. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, oh. but it feels like it feels like it's like Colorado sixty, you know. All right, all right. You know, it's like a ten degree difference. So, so gotcha, you know, gotcha. So first and and foremost, you know, to start off our podcast tonight, I do once again want to want to thank uh, Paul Roshinsky for joining us uh, the, over the weekend. Um, we had a lot of fun yeah, with Rushy. that. Um, yes. You know, and honestly, I, I've been firing up Drive Club a couple of nights. I hate seeing him above me now. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him as much because now it's like it's it's close enough, but oh, so far away. And his times, he's he's ripped off some times, man. Oh, um, yeah. better. He better. And he was saying, though, it's a oh, shame that most of his his good times were in test and dev and not on the actual oh, production. They game. weren't recorded. Oh, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, and, and one of the games he actually recommended Undertale for the when we were talking about the Vita. Right. Dude, right. That game is it's fun. I is picked it, it up. Really? It, it's like 15 bucks. Um, you can get it on PS4 as well. So you don't have to have it on the Vita. Um, okay. It's a cross buy. Um, but you're this little it's like kid. a little cartoony, right? It's kind of it's this little kid that falls into the underworld and you got to get out. And it's like it's comical. There's there's stuff that you don't even have to kill them. You can like flirt with the enemies. You can make them laugh. You can taunt them. Yeah, and then eventually the flirting with the enemies, um, getting that charisma up. <laughs> right. That's what I do, baby. <laughs> yeah, but then they're gonna look at him and go, "Dude, a beanie and a beard, dude, you look ridiculous from Cali." <laughs> don't forget my hoodie. Hey, what's up, dogs? What's up, right? Um. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I've been playing through it. It's it, it's simple. The uh, the battle system. If you choose to fight the enemy, it's kind of like a little metered system, and you hit the button in one of the areas, and it'll do you know certain percentages of diff, you know damage and and whatnot. Um, it's a puzzler though. They got a, a bunch of puzzles to try and figure out as you're moving through the the map and stuff. So. Um, Definitely, uh, once I'm done with it, I'll write up an article for our website for uh, listeners can go over to CrashingGameNight.com uh, and uh, read the review for it because it's something I definitely recommend for it. 
Right. Every time I see that some you know dot com, I just all I can think of is Jeff Dunham. Is Jeff Dunham, you know, <laughs> freaking peanut. <laughs> right. Dot com. That was Jeff really Dunham. Dot com. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> Speaking of uh, our website and, and everything, too, is um, we want to take this opportunity, guys, to uh, give a shout out to our international listeners and visitors to the website. Um, you know, as always, we definitely thank those that are, that are here stateside that have listened to us. Um, a lot of them, you know, some of the people we actually work with, we know in our lives, we talk to them about it all the time. Um, but we've had for the listeners on our podcast, want to, you know, thank those ones uh, from the U.K., um, El Salvador, Ireland, um, Portugal, Australia, um, we've got Canada, Egypt, Germany, uh, Singapore, uh, Finland, oh, we've got Belarus, Hungary, Malaysia, Japan, and Sweden. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast at least once, you know, giving us a listen. We definitely appreciate that. Hopefully we got some subscribers out of you guys on, um, whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Um, and then from, a, a visitor standpoint, too, is, you know, of course, we've got, you know, Ireland and the UK on there, but we also have the Philippines and, and Mexico. We've got Spain, South America, China, Israel, Pakistan. Um, so we definitely appreciate you guys checking us out as well. Um, we definitely want to try and get, bring you guys the content, especially with our movie reviews, because some of these countries don't get the, the movies until, you know, a couple of weeks later. Um, so I think hopefully those reviews give them a little insight into what they may be wanting to go see. Um, which oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's a huge treat. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Cause that's, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, later on in our, uh, our Theo's theater minute, we are definitely going to be talking about uh, a little bit of Marvel, um, as we had some nice stuff drop today. So let's start out though, with, uh, some gaming news, um, this is something that's kind of disappointing for me to see, um, but Thorn is returning to Destiny. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> you know, for those that have played it, you know, and, and been totally decimated by the original Thorn, that kind of that irks me a little bit. You know, granted, I'm not playing Destiny two anymore, but if I still were playing, I wouldn't want to see that gun in PvP. It's a good time to be a hunter right now. So. I, I will go ahead and give you a heads up that you'd actually be okay seeing Thorn in PvP right now. How bad did they nerf it, though? So it's not necessarily a nerf. So so to give some background, in Destiny 1, there was this RNG hand cannon named Thorn that would easily, easily two-shot anybody in PvP due to its damage over time. Uh, so thankfully, they've made some changes. Granted, I would like to see Bungie release some new exotics for Destiny 2. I mean, like, it's a different game. You kind of should have a little bit more creativities and stuff. But what they've changed is pretty nice. Uh, so before it was RNG in Destiny 1, this time it's a, an exotic quest uh, that you can kind of grind out and make sure that you get it so that way it's not un, un, unfair for the amount of people that have it uh, just being purely lucky which is good uh, and what they've changed is it still does its damage over time um, but it it's severely nerfed but now it's to where that if you want that buff to really get closer to that two shot 
you have to get a, a kill and pick up a, a buff orb for it okay. to buff up. Oh, uh, okay. Which is still really nice. Uh, it works really well in PvE as well. So, like, it, it's still for, like, those lower enemies. It's a one-shot headshot, and you get those orbs. Uh, cool thing is with those orbs, they kind of come at you uh, as you get closer to them, so you don't really have to run over them as much. Um, but, like, it, it's it's nice to see that they brought a fan favorite back. And I like that they made some serious adjustments based off of the feedback from before, which Bungie is always good for, and which is why I love them. Um, but I, I, I'm pretty happy to see it back. I still would like to see something new, a little bit more creative from Bungie uh, with respect to exotic guns. Well, they're remaking guns. I mean, didn't they come out with the, an updated version of Black Spindle? Uh, yeah, they, a lot of the guns ever since forsaken um for the big release or actually ever since the first dlc with uh curse of osiris everything has been remakes um black spindle yeah, is, I, I, is whisper <clears throat> of the worm uh we have i think Borealis the last word come well, back right? uh last word was a recent one um yeah there's just a bunch of remakes to to bring it back I mean, it, it, it's still kind of nice to be able to relive Destiny's one's great exotics for practically the same type of gameplay, but I, I, I'd still really rather something new and just kind mm-hmm. of make it make it different. So, like, yeah, if you want to do another area or a damage over time gun other than a thorn, then yeah, go for it. Like. Make it be something different than a poison gun. Make it like a void over time or uh, an immediate shot blinds them kind of like, oh, why can't I think of the gun? Now, with you being the archer that you are, um, have you delved into the bows? Oh, absolutely. I love bows. (laughs) The bows are so much fun. So the bows, let me put it in perspective. The bows are practically a lower firing fire rate, higher damage scout rifle. Oh. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So it's very much that you will almost snipe all the time with a bow, and it feels great. It always has a smooth transition on its reloads. It's not... It's a much faster reload than any of the guns. Granted, you only, you're reloading every shot, but it's still faster from a shot um, okay. ratio. And I love the bows. The bows are awesome. And they, ever since they did Forsaken, uh, they did a great job with putting bows in almost every slot. Granted, you're not going to have it as a power weapon. Um, but there's some really good ones. There's a couple exotics. One exotic, uh, which is, I can't blank it on the name. It's like La Fortuna. Uh, that will, as long as you time it right in your draw shoots a poison arrow and if it's a headshot it makes an area of effect poison oh dang oh that's pretty sick and there is another one that will shoot tri bolts uh if you do it without uh holding down the aim trigger it will stay closer together okay um uh, no, sorry. If you aim down the sights, it will spread more. And if, and if you don't do the spread, 
it'll do yeah. more damage and yeah. increase that. So I, I like the bows, and I, I would like to see something a little bit more interesting than the thorn. I think that they did smart things with it, but it, with how they're releasing it being with um, Journey of the Drifter for their release. Uh, I'm not a fan of Gambit anymore, but I haven't tried yeah. Gambit Prime, so I might have to give it a shot. So with let's move from one multiplayer game to another. And the news this week on Fortnite's newest update, which I know we all haven't really played it or anything like that, but it it's it's good, you know, for a lot of people. Apex Legends has definitely taken over a lot of the, the player base. But um, the news broke that with the newest patch, Xbox and PS4 players are going to be pulled together and they're going to be forced to play together regardless. Doesn't matter um what system or anything they're going to be you know both in the same however switch is no longer going to be able to be playing alongside those xbox players anymore they're getting relegated over to the ios and android folks um and Hmm. to top it all off if you don't opt in to allow this to happen you are stuck playing playground and creative mode that's that's dicey man i don't yeah, I personally think up. it's a screw job. Let's yeah. I mean, th- th- doesn't it one kind of give an advantage to the Switch players over the mobile players a bit? I mean, yeah, yes. you got peripherals for guns or peripherals for for phones that could work as joysticks and stuff for games, but they're still not that good. So I no. mean, you have a console versus a phone. I mean, that's purely unfair, right there. I, I honestly think they're going to get a lot of hate emails and like just a lot of hate in regards to mobile players just getting completely owned i think i think they're going to have a complete a total advantage with uh switch players because i think they're going to be able to move quicker well and i think what makes makes me think this is a really big screw job anyways is the fact is that fortnite used nintendo to push the whole cross-platform thing and make Sony finally give in and say, yeah, we'll, we'll allow cross-play. Once they kind of get that all up and running, they say, okay, screw you, Nintendo. You get to go play with the mobile guys, which my question is going to be this, is that um, Project X Cloud was yeah. announced this week and right. shown off with a mobile phone mounted to a Xbox controller. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the question is, is are they going to be framing that in terms of, well, you're on a mobile phone, you got to go play with the mobile guys, or are they going to basically say you're, you're using project S cloud. So go play with the Xbox and PS4 guys, which if that's the case, those guys are going to get screwed because <laughs> it's a smaller screen. Right. Um, so I just, you know, I feel bad for the Fortnite players. I feel more bad for the Switch guys because they're going to basically go from, you know, playing with the Xbox guys that have controllers to mobile users that don't necessarily use controllers with their mobile devices. They're usually using buttons on screen, which honestly aren't as responsive as a normal controller is. Yeah, the the I really believe that the latency between the iOS players is going to be very different in yeah yeah to the switch players 
because you know once again you have the analog sticks you, you know you're going to be quicker it's like it's like if if a ps4 player was going against a pc player like obviously the pc player is going to be a lot quicker because of all the settings and you know how quick that they can they can handle uh, all of the controls so i'm it will time will tell it'll be interesting to see I'm on the same boat with Matt. Like, I feel like that this is a weird turn of relationship between Xbox and Switch. Uh, but that also shows that also shows my, that how Microsoft works, man. Ultimately, they wanted the two big boys to be. Yeah, but this isn't on. And they, this they, isn't they on Xbox Nintendo. though. This is the publisher they use for Fortnite. Well, no, this is Fortnite doing it. This has nothing. To, Microsoft just said, "Hey, yeah, we want to." everybody to play so of course they were going to be in on it and nintendo trying to get more of a player base open things up and say hey we want everybody to play too you know they agreed to it as well but this is all on fortnite publisher so okay and from from their standpoint i could understand trying to be load conscious on the servers especially since like having uh to huge consoles being the Xbox and the PS4 now being together, they're definitely going to have to reroute everything. Because, uh, I mean, before it was Xbox and Switch, and I feel like that they probably weren't as heavy for the two. So I could see them trying to do that in order to test the waters, maybe gain some more money for some more servers, and maybe eventually put everything together, which should be a groundbreaking thing to have everybody cross play together mm-hmm. everybody's been yeah. for yeah and i think that'd be great you know have everybody put together but now you're pulling it off and i don't think that's necessarily the, the greatest thing i mean it could also have something to do with the fact is that epic's got their gaming store going you know maybe they need the server space so allocate switch over to you know mobile guys that don't eat, eat up as much bandwidth and pull off the other guys who knows um so in other news, um, today, Behemoth, who is a indie developer who uh, is known for Alien Hominid, uh, teased that Castle Crashers is coming to the Switch. Um, I know you guys haven't really played that. I played the ever-living heck out of that thing on the 360. <laughs> it is so much fun. Um Think of it kind of like a side-scrolling kind of gauntlet-type game. Kind of like, you know, Fat Princess Adventures oh, on the totally PS4. Oh, I totally remember this game. Yeah. Okay. I totally remember this game. So how they teased, how they started the tease was they tweeted out today a picture of four Joy-Cons with the different main original colors. Oh, that's Of awesome. the characters. And then people started calling them out on it, and they were like, they tweet out another picture that says, oh, you mean this? And they already had the the Joy-Con in the color, so I am I am ecstatic if they if they bring this out on the Switch, I will absolutely pick it up. Um, yeah, that'd be an absolutely must buy, especially for or for like uh, co op. That's going to be amazing. And if they can make hmm. that four player co op, the next yes. set of Joy Cons or whatever, that'll be awesome. <laughs> Love I'll that. Have to check that out. The humor in it and everything is just it's fantastic. So. Um, another one that's, uh, got it teased out today, uh, this week. Um, it looks like animal crossing has, is potentially looking at a September release. Um, 
a publication leaked it out, but they're actually they're being treated more as credible with this news is because they had leaked ahead of time the Nintendo Labo VR news. So they launched, oh, wow. they had tweeted, they had released some news that, hey, this is coming, and then Nintendo dropped Labo VR. So there's some credibility to this. We know that this year is going to be big for Nintendo. Fire Emblem's in July, which that one I pre-ordered the other day, but that's because <laughs> I love Fire Emblem. Um, you know, we've got Luigi's Mansion. We've got the rumor of Metroid Prime Trilogy. We've got Mario Maker 2. I mean, there's a lot of games for Nintendo now. Granted, are there some of these games I'm that I'm probably not going to play? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a Mario Maker fan, but it's really cool what people do in terms of level design. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Fire Emblem for me, Luigi's Mansion, I will absolutely get because Yoshi's, the first one, Yoshi's World is coming out in like a few months. Or Yoshi's, like maybe crafted, two months. Yeah. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World is two months out, I believe. Yeah. Um, so you've got a lot of that coming. So um, Animal Crossing, uh, it's it's dubbed Animal Crack for a reason. So I will be getting <laughs> that and. You know, you know what I? The funny thing is, I've never played an Animal Crossing, and I've the um, I have so many friends that play played it, and was yeah, the Animal Crack on 3DS. Um, funny thing was, like I, I saw, um, I got a notification from Nintendo that the mobile app came out, so I started playing it, and I kind of got addicted to it too. And yep. I'm like, now I'm kind of interested in in playing the one on the Switch. Mine, my original taste for it was on the GameCube. Oh, isn't I that wanted the, yes, original the original when it first came out. Oh, yes. I, thought, I thought you only recently got into. Oh Animal no, Crossing. I go oh, way back. So you, oh, okay, yes. okay. I go back and pretty much had to have a singular memory card just for the game because it filled up the the whole gray, <laughs> the gray oh, wow. GameCube memory card gray box. <laughs> the little gray ones, you know. So you had the you had the black two fifty six, and then you had the the 64 oh memory cards uh, yeah remember memory cards if you guys if you guys um, if all our listeners remember memory cards good lord in my house i made it a quest i had the master sword i had the r-wing i mean it was it was total memorabilia in there um i did pick it up on you know i had it on when i had the ds um played it a little bit on the wii it didn't play the same, so I always went back to the original Animal Crossing, especially since the so Wii, funny. since the Wii played GameCube discs. So it was like, yeah, cool. Here we go. <laughs> That's um, so funny. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. So um, and other rumors going around is, and I don't put too much stock in this right now, just because everybody's playing really coy on this one, and it was a uh, investor that was reading into some financial news and stuff, but. Uh, Sony is rumored, and I'm, I'm going to put rumors in quotation marks and air quotes and all that stuff, uh, <laughs> in talks to acquire Take-Two and all the studios under its umbrella, which includes the the famed Rockstar Studio as well as Firaxis, which um, – Wow. Firaxis, yeah. It, so I don't know – I don't know how to take this. I, I – yeah, it'd be huge um, for Sony because then that's one more, you know, third party exclusive or first party exclusive that you've got under your your house. But I would almost think that that's also a, a hindrance to 
the gaming community that you're going to take Rockstar and bring them in under a first party studio concept. Um, so uh, that it's really interesting to see that that news um, from a sports gaming perspective. I could see them, you know, in terms of that going with, you know, the basketball and and all of that um, that Take Two does. Um, but I hope the rumors aren't true. I'll just put it that way because I think, honestly, Red Dead I think needs to be is a game that needs to be enjoyed by the masses with now granted I haven't played it. Jerry, you've played it more than, more than <laughs> anything, but I think three run throughs so far. Yeah. You're on three. Before, yeah, so before you get too far, I'm already coming up with a few articles that both parties are denying well, the yeah. rumor very much. So okay. the, neither of them are like, I don't know where this came from, but we're not going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, but if you're in the you middle, know, but if you're in the middle of trying to do a deal, you're not going to talk about it anyways. Yeah, and, you're and, and you know what? the The thing about it is, I kind of, I kind of see it as a strategic move, as we see all of these little companies kind of, uh, kind of losing their their forte and and kind of closing up or getting bought out by a a larger company, it could be just a tr- strategic move to pro just to prolong their longevity. But in saying that I'm, I totally agree with you guys. I rockstar to me has always been that awesome independent company that took their time on games and then always put out a game that was fully complete, you know, to, from the grand theft autos to even bully to the red deads. Like they were all fully complete games and that has been their reputation. So, um, I mean, I hope, you know, I, I kind of hope it isn't true, but then again, I kind of understand it. If like they are in a, a worried state, like, I mean, would it be so bad for Sony? If bought it? Cause it's not like Sony has had much of a reputation like Activision or EA. Right that now. is true. They, they do. Oh, they would be in know. a happier place. Trust yeah, me. They would be yeah, in a happier place and they would be more secure. Here's, here's my thing though, is, is that, like I said, Red Dead deserves to be enjoyed by the masses. Grand Theft Auto Online. That's another game I, I won't ever play, but, yeah, but it's it was, played by it's a ton of people. played by the masses. Be, I mean, but they were no, exclusive but, games. No, they they were on both. Consoles. Oh no, that, that is true. Yeah. That is true. They were on both. So consoles. you bring them into the the Sony realm, they would then yeah, they would definitely they're going to go exclusive. first. So I think that's kind of a, a detriment. I think if Sony's going to start buying up some studios, how about they go after go get ready at dawn, bring them actually into the mix, and give me a the order eighteen eighty six sequel. You really yes. want the sequel to the order? <laughs> I don't I don't see that happening, but that would be cool. But no, there's, I don't see it happening. There's rumors. Why are you so against that, though? I'm not against it. I would love to see a second order. It's just there was so much going against that game. Well, yeah, like, I mean, upon when upon like not upon its release during its release that I think a lot of people did not give that game a chance. It was and, short. Right, I mean, so many people could... missed out on on a great game. Yes, it was short, but it was still a great game. Yeah, but yeah. It, it it got hit hard, so I, and I, yeah, it was one of those. It's one of those unfortunate stories where like it was a great game, but so many people knocked on it so hard, I it, it probably eliminated any chance for a sequel. Which and you is know what? Those those devs 
were fantastic because that whole team was there at E3 demoing the game and getting yeah. to talk to them after we played the game. You know, the second you gave them positive feedback, their faces lit up that, hey, we did I, something I, I right. Saw the, I got to see the game during development. I catered at Ready at Dawn Studios in Irvine. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had to. And me and my partner had to sign a, a, a an disclosure. NDA. Yeah, yeah, an NDA. <laughs> and they were like, do, "Do you guys play console games?" And my buddy was a is a pure war uh, uh, Warcraft player, so he had no idea about the game. But I was like, "I I saw the trailer. I am excited. I like. I would was- love to know more." And they're like, "Well, we can't tell you, but we can show you a few things." So they showed me. They actually did show me like a couple things and like, well, yeah, this is it. And like, uh, you know, so excited I, you're going to play the game. I love the story. It's you're doing Knights of the old Republic or Knights of the round table rather in Victorian era, London with a steampunk twist. I could totally like, I, I even told them if you guys rewrote this as a script, you could sell it as a movie. Yeah, I would go. Could. see. This oh movie. yeah, absolutely. It, it was that good. And it was that good in the game with the story, but yeah, just unfortunately, it was a little short, but, you know, that's something that could easily be done in the sequel. But since mm-hmm. it got hit so hard, I just well, don't I don't think it's going to get a sequel, which is, yeah, it sucks. Well, Sony owns the rights. So, I mean, they could be having somebody else working on it. Um, yeah, you never know. They, you know, they could always do a reboot. They can always do something. I hope so. But don't give us a reboot. Give us a sequel, because I want to see what happens with Galahad after after everything's said and done. I know, man, you know? but. Once yeah, again, enough time has gone by where they're probably like, mm, we're going to do a reboot. I was gonna say, don't talk to me about length of time, Mr. King of Hearts supporter. We know this. for It doesn't matter how well, long a time. You're still going to get a sequel. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you're talking about Kingdom Hearts, but that, ha- that has kept its fandom for yeah. those years. But it doesn't it doesn't always matter about the quantity of the fandom. The quality of the fandom matters. Oh yeah, and that's what's going to get you the sequel. I mean, like, there's totally, lots of things totally that, that like that's, the, that's, the fan base, does, regardless of size, depends on what they do in order to get it will happen. I mean, what like you you've seen movies be uh, made out of a Kickstarter. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of indie games that have the same thing. Why why not a sequel? Yeah, I, I, I mean. I, I'm not saying I don't want a sequel. I want it. I just don't see it happening. Okay. I really do want the sequel. I like I said. I'm just skeptical that we are going to get one. All right. So you got you you got big dreams, man. No skepticism. Big dreams. (laughs) (laughs) You bring up sequels. So let's start with a prequel. We'll start this for our our Theo's theater minute. <laughs> exactly, um, Captain Marvel. Ooh. Oh my God! All right, so let's so try not amazing. let's try not to do some spoilers for those that haven't gone to see it yet. Um, just because we were all nerds, and since we weren't recording last Thursday, we all decided to go see it. Oh, yeah. we just all said, we just all know that she dies. She's not an end game or anything like that, <laughs> right? Um, you know, just because I got to see it first um, by one hour. By one hour. As soon as it was done, you were texting me while I was still in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first and foremost, for those that haven't gone to see it yet, there are two scenes at the end of the movie. Yes. Um, the one that is roughly that, that 
third of the way through the credits that Marvel usually does. And there's one at the very, very end. So make sure you save for that, that last one. Um, it's not as critical as the first scene, but it is still pretty critical to the overall story. Um, so what are you guys take on it? Uh, may I just start off by saying Brie Larson is an angel. <laughs> and, uh, I, she's so amazing, <laughs> but like, but, you know, you know what the, you know, what the coolest thing about this is, is, uh, I remember, I remember when they first announced Captain Marvel at D 23, uh, a few years ago when they were announcing like the third phase or their, yeah, the third phase. And I was so excited and I, th- they, we didn't get an actor. Um, we didn't get the announcement of Brie Larson mm-hmm. yet, but, uh, I, for, for me, this character was going to be so pivotal for the third phase because we're getting like one of the most powerful Marvel characters in the MCU. And it's just, I, I was so excited that we're getting like this kind of a character and, and the story, everything, you know, it was, I was very impressed and it was a good, it was, it was a great movie. It was good. I, I felt like that the way, like, sadly, I never read any of the Captain Marvel comics, but I'm, I'm with how Marvel studios has done with the comics. They've done a fantastic job of portraying their characters. Um, and Captain well, Marvel was such a well-rounded and relatable character on many mm-hmm. different levels. Well, I think yeah. it was paced. I, I think it was fan. paced very well too. I like the way it, the way it started. you you were already like in current time, but then, uh, when it flashbacked, it wasn't really like a, it was more like memories, just trying to something she was trying to remember. And then it shows you the full memory. Like I think it was paced and, and uh, put together very well. So I, I did have to cry a, a, a quiet silent tear when she crashed in a blockbuster. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that was a good, I mean, if you were, if those days were still like, if you were in that blockbuster, you would have been really happy for that hap- happening. Well, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. It had an alien crash. <laughs> Blockbuster was ten and a half <laughs> years of my life. Um, oh. You know, I, I might as well have been Randall at the uh, RST video in Clerks. Um, <laughs> and I always joked around if I ever had the chance to and I was going to quit and go out on a bad note, I would have recited his entire order list <laughs> from Clerks. Um <laughs> on that but sadly my um my severance package was uh tied to that (laughs) um completing (laughs) out my job but um i will say this it was accurate the reconstruction of the blockbuster was accurate i mean my store had those same white wooden shelves oh yeah we had those same cheesy boxes on the shelf um you know how far they went to the authenticity of the blockbuster i guess the candy Yes. Given yes. in the time was all yeah. on the shelf too. It wasn't even just yeah. limited to the blockbuster. Like everything in that era was just so spot on for yeah. detail. It was so yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I think I mean, they the, even had the original Game Boy box, the first Game Boy yeah. box. So I still recognize that because I bought the first Game Boy <laughs> back in the nineties. And it was just like, Oh my God, I'm back to being five years old. <laughs> And the one, the the other cool thing about the movie was that, um, you know, music sets the tone, and yes. they chose such oh. a great soundtrack. 
The soundtrack, so like, every soundtrack. time. Have you seen the yeah. outtakes from when she was um, a prisoner up on the ship? No. Oh. That whole Salt and Pepper song? Yeah. They actually, her and the, the actors playing the scrolls were all just dancing. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it's hilarious. I saw it on Twitter. Um, oh, that's awesome. I, I want to say the visual effects were great. Um, but I'd have to agree with a lot of the pundits out there. Is this proves that Wonder Woman was not a one-hit wonder type thing where you can have a female lead character. I, that I never everybody, thought that was going to be a one-hit wonder. Well, no, no. But what they were saying is, is that it, it was replicated. So we knew that you know Wonder Woman 1984, when that comes out, you know it's going to make money. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact well, that we've got Captain Marvel now, and I think you, it shows just how people just, it doesn't matter anymore. Just give us great movies. Yeah. And we're going to th- go see I, it. I, I think the, the, the thing about Wonder Woman was that I think the storyline, the structure and like the timeline of it um, did kind of resemble Captain America a little bit, you know, in, in that formula. Uh, not Captain so much America? the content. Well, yeah, like the timeline and kind of the structure, the coming of age, like I'm a hero. You know what I mean? It it seemed like. But that's how she was, though, in the comic. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's why people were saying like it was kind of a copy. Like, eh, kind of, but like a little bit. There were similarities, but it was still Wonder Woman. And it was still a great movie. And obviously it made money and it did very well. Out of all the other DC movies, so they're only too successful, really. All right, so so we don't talk about any spoilers mm-hmm. because you know the movie's just fresh; it's only been out for a week now. Let's talk about that little tidbit of a trailer that got dropped today. Oh my Avengers god! Oh my god! Oh man! Um, oh. I don't know where to begin with that. That I mean, my heart didn't just skip; it stopped for a full thirty seconds. I I I could like I caught myself holding my breath, like during half the trailer, like, and then finally, uh, like I have to breathe. It was so amazing. Really excited for it, but there was a part of the trailer I got disappointed with, and I think hold on, no, hold on though, and here's here's my you'll understand where I'm coming from. This okay, and I think it's Disney's marketing. It has uh, nothing to do with the actual movie is that the first the, the trailer we saw um, months ago where you saw the team walking out. Right. It had Captain. You had Captain America. You had Black Widow. You had all them in their actual gear. Right. And there was that hole like somebody belonged there. Right. And everybody yeah. was like, OK, they're a little bit spaced out, whatever. And then the trailer they released today shows everybody in that white and red armor. And Tony Stark yeah. is there. I think they should have kept the suspense that we basically we should assume that Tony Stark was going to die in space mm, instead of I, you know, I, basically, I completely well, disagree. No, disagree because that's disagree. the begin- that's going to be the beginning of the movie. He's going to die at the beginning the, of the movie. But Tony Stark is the no. source of those outfits, anyways. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, though, is they had that whole suspense, like they showed everybody in the original suits. Okay. And you didn't lead into anything with the storyline. So you could basically so you're say, story. so you're saying they should have left out the suits entirely. Yes. Let us be surprised uh, by the suits. Okay. Let us okay. be surprised Agreed. that Tony's back. And you know, now we know Tony's going to be back somehow And which we all could assume that honestly, this is Tony Stark. The fact that you haven't figured out how to rig that ship yet <laughs> is right. You know, but overall, dude, Ronan, 
AKA Hawkeye. Oh, it was, that you was know, amazing. I like the movie. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are going to get his hairstyle for like the first couple months as soon as it releases. Oh, I, 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 I can't <laughs> wait to, I, I follow Jerry, to Jeremy rock that on, mohawk. on Instagram. I know he's going to start running into people just with the same haircut. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome because it is it's a sweet do. And with the last trailer, we we could safely assume that you know probably the reason he went from Hawkeye to Ronan was probably because his family was taken in the snap. I, th- and, I think that was a little uh, like, and they pretty much confirmed that. Yeah, today. that was a little indication in in this newest trailer is that yeah his because family, yeah I think he goes I, I think he goes out the reservation a little bit. To where that—that's where you see a continuation of that last clip with uh, uh, Black Widow and and Hawkeye. She's like, "Hey, listen, like, come, come, come back home," because I think right. he because they show him like is even in the trailer before having his sword and stuff. Like he's yeah. doing some some side stuff going on for yeah. sure. I, I think uh, he's on like a like a Black Ops type of team where he's just like, oh, start, no. I think he's just himself or going something. off. He's just Possibly, like, yeah, I'm not gonna hold back anymore. I'm going hunting. Um, but Since I think we're was, talking about hair, I want to know if you guys had realized and put together. So trailer before, Black Widow has the blonde hair and everything. But they bring back the red hair in this trailer. Yeah. With a little and, bit of, like, gray, maybe blonde streak in it. I want to say blonde streak. Yeah, gross. So I, But that was interesting because I think – this this is going to be a long like timeline because technically her hair is longer. Her her hair was oh. to her like chin. Mm-hmm. Now it's longer where she's kind of wearing a braid. So yeah. some time has gone by to where they're still trying. Like I think the beginning of the movie is going to be them s- seriously trying to figure out. Oh, you bring up a good move, point. Like how, how long? Move, yeah. How, I think how, the, mu- the, how long of a is, timeline is this, this movie yeah, going to be? From my understanding, it's like a couple of years. Interesting. It's going to be. I mean, um, it, is, it is still at least supposed to start from where we left off. Now, for yeah. for those that are going to go see Captain Marvel, you'll kind of you'll understand if you say and watch the end credits, where part of the trailer today came into play with Thor summoning <laughs> a hammer right by her ear. And her breaker. So awesome. Oh, and I love her little smirk when yeah. it just like mm-hmm. breezes by her ear. Yeah. She's like, meh. <laughs> and Thor goes like, oh, I like this one. one. <laughs> yeah. This one's good. This one's cool. I think it would have been, <laughs> I think it would have been funnier is if he hit her with it. No, I wanted just, him to hand it to her and let her like, and show her hold it. That would have been amazing. Oh, oh, what would have been even be better is she just takes it and just starts flipping it in the air. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, Oh, you're worthy. Um, so I'm anxious. Although I, the one thing I do want to say to our listeners, be sure, like really try, be sure to watch the last Stanley ca- uh, uh, cameo because not only is it epic, <laughs> yes. but it's also a Kevin Smith nod. So, uh, so be sure to watch for it because it is, I would say, one of his best cameos. It is the best. I would say. Yeah. So I think that also the, the, the start of the movie when they normally do the Marvel, you know, showing all the characters. And oh stuff. yeah. That was what the they did. For Stan, I that think was, was, such a great was amazing. But oh, yeah. that being said, um, I think this was the best cameo because it is a nod to Kevin Smith. Yeah. Because 
Stanley before he passed was helping Kevin Smith with, oh, the, with reboot. the reboot. Yeah. Um, but for those that are not huge Kevin Smith fans, um, the reference is to Mallrats. Um, and you can c- catch that on the book, on the, the script that he's reading, and he's saying the lines from the movie. Don't tell him that. Dude, it's already it's out there. He's got they've got pictures out there of, of the script piece. I mean, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, there's there's spoilers all over the place. I mean, it's, yeah, okay. it doesn't spoil the movie. It doesn't it spoil the movie cameo, at all. It's just, it's just his cameo. Just, oh, well, I'm just um, that's a that's a, a fun little thing when you, when you catch. Now correct it. me if I'm wrong on the cameo. I really felt like his cameo. Like, granted, they pre-filmed it. Like, all of his cameos are pre-filmed now, but it was very uh, CG captured from how it looked in the picture much like the paul walker uh, i'd give you i'd give you that because of the age yeah he looked much he looked like oh well yeah they had to because once again it went it went with the timeline of being in the 90s so uh, yeah i i i mean that's something i agreed with but i also caught that too i was like "Mm, but him a little little touch up i think (laughs) all i could think of like for the next couple minutes during that whole scene all I could think about is him sitting there with Brody talking about. Discuss, yeah, discussing anatomy <laughs> of, yeah. of some characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. I was like, oh, man, mall rats. <laughs> so great. And to me, that is one of Kevin Smith's <laughs> best movies. And, and, and actually, you know, technically, it is the first movie in the storyline for the Kevin Smith movies. Hmm. Well, next to Clerks. No, Clerks. No, Mal- takes, Mal-Rats no. before Clerks. Clerks takes ap- takes part after Mallrats, even though Clerks came out first. Because think about it: really? in Clerks, they go to the funeral for the chick who died in the swimming pool. Mallrats opens by talking about Julie dying in the swimming pool the day before. Huh. Oh man! So it's a prequel, technically. Well, and it's a sequel. So at the end of it's an overlap. Well, it's, it's a big overlap. So here's the thing is with Mallrats is if you look at the kind of like the storylines and everything, if you want to yeah. be really convoluted and stop and change movies and everything, it goes Mallrats up until Jaws jumps out of the water at the end of the movie. You stop it. You watch Clerks. You watch right. Chasing Amy all the way up until the, like the last little bit when they kind of break up and they do that one year later. Mm-hmm. You do Dogma, right? You do Jay and Silent Bob eh. strike back. However, you stop Jay and Silent Bob after the movie's done being made, and you go put in the last part of Mallrats because in the credits for Mallrats, Jay and Silent Bob are walking back from California with Suzanne the orangutan because she's wearing a Universal Studios jacket. Oh my God, that's oh, right. Shit. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, and then you that's put Kevin in Kevin Smith for you. That's yeah, definitely that's Kevin Smith. For that's, you, that's, that's what awesome. he does. So I'm definitely excited. Um, he just tweeted out a picture that Shannon Elizabeth is back as Justice. Yeah, she he just tweeted it out. Yeah, yeah she's she's back. That's gonna be funny. So I, it's I, it's I'm, gonna be cool seeing all the all some of the original cast from that movie too because it was mm-hmm. yeah it was old school uh, Alicia Dusko yeah Shannon Elizabeth all those like classic well and then did you actors. hear he's got they're doing a red box. In front of RST, in front of the quick oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I saw that tweet, too, when he was uh, asking Redbox. 
he was asking Redbox for uh, for a stationary because they don't do that really that much anymore. No. Right. Um, so with that, Jerry, I challenge you. <laughs> best okay. video game based on a comic book. Okay. Well, you had me go first on this challenge, so uh, ladies first. Go ahead. So, <laughs> do you? You're gonna. What do you? Uh, gonna... I just feel like whether or not. Uh, no, no, you're good. You go for it. Go for it. Okay, Jerry. I, I already know where you're going with this. Just remember, you have I, to pick I, a specific Jerry, game. It can't be oh. the full series. Oh no, based he's off going the comic book, and it needs to be a specific, going, a specific game. game. He's going Spider-Man. I got a specific game. Actually, no, I'm not. Probably gonna go. I'm gonna throw down the gauntlet. I'm going super old school. I was going old school too. Okay. I'm going to the arcade. Oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. okay. I'm going with X-Men. Okay. Now, it was which okay. One? The original X-Men arcade game arcade. where okay. you could choose between like Night- Nightcrawler, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine. Wolverine. And I think Storm? Colossus. Storm. Which was the side-scroller, right? Yeah, the side-scroller that okay. was in the right. same vein of Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Super impossible. Actually, I think that one was more impossible than, than Turtles. Ninja Turtles. The reason I'm going with this is because you look at all the, the games that have come after it from video game properties. But at the time, this was like one of the – this was the original that kind of I think was that first domino that finally fell that made – comic book properties more mainstream well the reason it got a just like just like ninja turtles it was because of the cartoons mm-hmm. that was the whole reason i mean and, because yeah, the, and konami, yeah, the cartoons made them konami like, was making great games at the time yeah and yeah, they were it's still to this point is you know they released it on xbox on uh live arcade you can get it on uh, ios too yeah and yeah. it's still <laughs> you pick it up and you it's play it and it puts play. you right back in the arcade. It oh, still yeah. gives you that same feeling of tossing that quarter up on the machine saying you're next. Oh, yeah. OK. I mean, I, for nostalgia reasons, I totally agree with you. It's a great game. But for me, uh, for something that's closer to the comics and, and comic canon, uh, for me, it was a PS2 uh, X2 Wolverine's Revenge. Oh, we got two X Men's going here. Yeah, you're yeah, going, yeah. You're going but to... it was a singular Wolverine-based game, and it was associated. Okay. It was associated with the second movie, but it had nothing to do with the movie. That's what was so weird about the game. So the game is a, is the whole story stems from a a actual Wolverine comic, but the cover of the game has Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Yes. The the X two logo, which was like so weird, like they were just totally trying to trying to jump off on the bandwagon of the movies, but it was a standalone game, and it followed the comic books. And for me, like it had like you teamed up with Colossus, really? you you fought Magneto, you fought Sabretooth, you fought uh, Windigo. It was. An awesome game. Like you even went to the past and became Weapon X and saw like the whole Weapon X storyline. For me, that was one of the best video game uh, comic book properties to come out. But you fight half of those in X Men in the arcade. 
Yeah. Yeah. But as Wolverine and you can, not only can you upgrade Wolverine, you can retract his claws and you're also going into the backstory of weapon X. And but 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 you're fighting but you're fighting uh like at your debate you're comparing apples to oranges here you you're decades away from each other on this like you, you can't yeah, quite you can't quite things. throw in game mechanics as a winner in this well if we're gonna yeah. go game mechanics then we need to go like x-men legends or marvel <laughs> Alliance because those are but, fighting um, games no way how is this <laughs> No, X2 or not X-Men Legends like that's like a like a scrolling that's a dungeon yeah. crawler. Yeah, that's a dungeon crawler which I mean I, those were cool too, but for me it had the story, it was but it was closest to the comics which you Theo said best comic book video game I was part of the debate. So that I is mean, that's my pick. I, I mean it's a uh, weird interpretation of the topic being the the best video game based off of a comic was our literal words. Uh, Yes, I would agree that your game is closer in resemblance of the story of the comic books. Yeah. But not quite necessarily pinpointing to the topic. You kind of went off to the side of it's still a broad statement. Best game based off of a comic and both of you are on the same comic at the moment story-wise so you you were getting a point for jerry being that it's closer to the storyline however there's i'm sure there are some other points that matt can make to fight that it's still his game's a little bit better basing it off nostalgia it's it, it's an arcade it nostalgia. Do hey, nostalgia. don't be putting words in his mouth. He's got every right to say what he wants. Same. <laughs> okay. Same. Here's the thing: is we both know Marvel Spider-Man, fantastic game. Love what Insomniac did with the characters. Yeah. Okay. Arkham Asylum. Love what Rocksteady did with the characters of the Batman property. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to go nostalgia, I could really go back to the Batman game. On the Nintendo, based on the 1989 movie, which is based on <laughs> the comic. But when it comes down to it, the X-Men arcade game holds up. You can still go back and play it and get that nostalgia. You cannot go back to X2 and and relive that moment and not look at that thing as complete trash. Because that's completely what it was. No, absolutely. It, it was highly rated, and the game was amazing. Now, does it hold up? Probably not, because it was a PS2 game. Totally understand that. Just because your game is an arcade and can be salvaged doesn't mean anything. It came out on the consoles. It came out on Xbox Live Arcade. It got ported to the consoles. Ported. Oh, I mean, how else you get an arcade game? True. I, I I totally understand that. But once again, you're basing it on nostalgia. I, I but. I, I will have to kind of help out Matt a little bit with that. I do really like the fact that the arcade game was four player co-op. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, I it, mean, it, it, bring, it definitely brings more, more enjoyment than to the single player. 
I, so, I, I feel like that's a that's a good thing to have for being the quote unquote best game based off of a comic. So that being said, he wants to bring up ratings. Fifty eight percent on Metacritic, seven point nine out of a ten oh, for IGN. Fifty eight percent on GameSpot and GameFAQs. For X two, for X two. Mm, I don't. I don't think that was very accurate. <laughs> just, just saying. And there. not to mention, critics were way harsher on PS2 games too back then. But it wasn't just a PS2 game though. It was also on Xbox. It was on GameCube. It, it got on... ported for Xbox and GameCube. It it was created and came out for PS2. And that's so, why. So I'm sure quick, throughout the years it's gotten hit even harder. X-Men was actually a six-player arcade game, if you found the six-player arc- the cabinet. Keep in mind. But uh, that being said, it was also 87.5 on IGN. <laughs> Looking back. Agree to disagree. 7.5? I mean, no, no, no. X-Men, no. The X-Men arcade game was rated as a 7.5 by IGN. Agree uh, to disagree. We're talking about an arcade, and we're talking about a, a single-player game. One being an arcade that is a side scroller. Hey, go kill this person, as opposed to your Wolverine in a, a very involved story that does resemble his own story and comic books. That is closer to the comic books. Uh, but I mean, it's it bad I mean, that I'm getting you can take the wins to franchise versus single game here. True, you're that. That's another. That's another app, <laughs> apples against oranges. It's totally true. Maybe we should get more specific on. on but I feel like I won that one. Uncharted is still. Uncharted still. <laughs> still fighting for that. <laughs> still fighting for that. I am still fighting for that. This this one for me, I went a little bit more literal because this one was close. I mean, you can even say, what was it? The 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 Wolverine game that came out for PS3. That follow, that pretty much followed the movie, but mm-hmm. X X two Wolverine's Revenge followed mostly I'm, canon in the comic books. All right, so so since I feel like we're tied at the moment, I want both of you to tell me what is the key piece out of purely just being a video game that makes it the best. Not necessarily. With relations to the comic, but what about the game itself that makes it better than the other? Let's start with Jerry. For me, uh, it's the it's the first game that you feel purely involved as the character. You can retract the claws. You can see you can see Wolverine healing. It, okay. You can use his heightened senses. It was the first game that you actually that we actually got. As opposed to all the other games, like even the X Men game uh, for Genesis that I loved, you can be, you were able to be Gambit, like yep. Beast, all of those cool characters. But you didn't re- like they all fought the same. This was the first game that you got to like really delve in and feel like Wolverine or like a specific character from a comic book. Okay. All right, that's fair. Matt, how about you? All right, so. You ask any any okay. long term gamer. I can't wait for this. You ask any long term gamer, right? You ask them, do you remember X2 Wolverine's Revenge? 
you're probably, probably going to you're probably not going to get a lot of people remembering that game. No. Okay. It was a cult. It, it really drop, was. It had a cult following. You drop X Men Arcade on somebody, and anybody that's been around is going to remember X Men Arcade. <laughs> Once again, your okay, argument maybe, is nostalgia. Maybe, How about, nostalgia but what about the game itself? The like game the mechanics side. were great. You actually nostalgia. got to do. You got their super abilities. You got okay. to do Wolverine's claws. You okay. got to be Cyclops sending out the optic beam. Oh, oh. All of the powers were completely unbelievable too. How? You got it's Cyclops's optic beam. Okay, Cyclops is storm lightning. Storm lightning. But it's wait a Dazzler minute. doing your little you Wolverine, know, Nightcrawler. throwing laser like swishes. You could be okay, you could be Nightcrawler going across the screen. And Colossus doing a huge like explosion, which he didn't do. He had a protective shell. That's all he had. That was his so it was embellished a little bit, but you had the because it was an arcade. Too. You had Magneto, you had Wendigo, you had Pyro, you had the Blob. All all an revenge. You had exactly. So your game's a remake. It's not a remake because you're more guilty <laughs> as a kid, dude. You lost. You're done. You're done. You nostalgia. You're hitting nostalgia. But is it a game though? You can pick up you can pick up X Men Arcade right now, and you can play it, and you'll immediately your your fingers will start twitching and knowing how to play that game, knowing where some of the things were. X Two, eh. yeah, 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 yeah. I can totally pick up an arcade game because it's meant for everyone, even beginner players. Oh, no. Beginning gamers to play. You want to talk about arcade? Have, no. You have a few buttons to button mash. Wolverine, once once again, X2, uh, Wolverine's Revenge, you had to learn, like, the actual controls. Retract the claws. Unretract the claws. Wait for, for you to, to heal your heightened senses. You got to be Wolverine and delve into that character. Your your whole argument is nostalgia. That's it. Not only does my game, you delve into the character, you become the character, or, uh, stories that are canon to the comics. I mean, what what else do I have to say? Really? I mean, so so, so I, oh, I'm, I understand so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Six other players can't play that one single story, elaborate. Comic book story. Yeah, sorry, but I I, I have to. I, I will I, say though, it was, I understand it, it, your uh, side, but I would have to say from taking a perspective, since the games are a decade apart from each other, it, if you're setting aside and you're taking your experience from one to the other, when you're playing X Men Arcade back in '92, you're definitely going to feel like you are the character because that was the era and the same thing for x2 you're gonna get that immersiveness to an extent for the game which is more yeah yeah and that that's what i want to be considered is just that it's a matter of putting yourself into the era of the game when it was at its highest yeah and that's my my argument still holds true Okay, so I, I would agree that from if you still limitations aside from the decade, you're still you're playing 
uh, a set storyline in X-Men Arcade, which is played the same across all characters, mm. versus a doctored or um, a specific storyline based off of one character. I, I can into I a could, comic. The comics. Right. I, I could see that leaning a little towards X2 for that specific perspective. No. Enough said. You refuse. I disagree. I know. Listen to you. <laughs> let me Thank go open my Let me go open my Twitter account. And I'll just make <laughs> that decision. Thank you. So I, I would have to say, from my standpoint, I think there isn't necessarily a winner out of this one, purely because our our rules were a little broad and we're really comparing apples to oranges here because like the the arcade game has a lot of um really like personal feeling to it for the perspective of it's you going to a physical place you're you're pulling the arcade you're bringing your friends with you you might be making some new friends you're getting this story and being able to pick your favorite person to be in order to play this story. You don't necessarily have to be a specific person or follow a, a set story based <laughs> off of that were, character. Unless you were that last kid that walked up and right. everybody else <laughs> and, had and had the characters and you got stuck yeah. with Dazzler. Yeah. Right. And then, and then comparing that to X two where you're, being introduced into a story that is really close to the comic books. You're, you're learning the character development. You're learning the perspective of that character and really be, being um, immersed into that character. And I think that's just a little too much in order to be able to make a deciding factor between the two because it's just too different. Agreed. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> can't win. But of course. Just but can't course. win. No, he pretty much gave you the win. So You didn't yeah. give me anything. I argued, no, I didn't give I him argued the, win. the argument to a T why I won. perfectly honest that I was very much leaning towards X-Men Arcade. But I, I would have to say there isn't necessarily a winner out of this one. I'd like to thank all of the listeners for uh, backing me and and basically having me win because I did win. Did you win though? I mean, I I, I since there I, is I such a close it. tie, I I would love to hear some comments from the listeners and, and see if there is a definitive winner out of this. That would really be nice to hear. I'm just kidding. Uh, and maybe there maybe there would be some. You know, there's a winner. Oh no, I mean, there, there could I be some points. Think. The way you hell, we, we could have those nostalgia peop, uh, gamers out there that favor Matt hands down. Just like, nope, arcade game wins. God, this was, <laughs> it was such a great game. God, I missed that game. Jesus. Honestly. Dude, lady, even the fights were awesome. Lady Deathstrike, even with Sabretooth. You fought Sabretooth twice in the game, and it was epic. I mean, one at the X facility and one like it, it was it was it was such an awesome story. It was yeah, I mean I loved I loved that game. 
I, I almost feel like that. Did it have it, Hugh Jackman it, doing voiceovers for that though? No, no that's what's no, so. It was Peter Hamill. No, it was Mark Hamill. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Was Mark it? Hamill was Wolverine. Was he really? Yes. That he was. Uh, of course, Patrick Stewart was Charles Xavier. Jennifer yep. Hale played Rogue. Of uh, who we got here? Richard Portnow is Beast. Yeah, so for it was a good Beast too. Like, like back to my point with it being so different. I feel like that it this would have been the same case if, uh, if say Jerry had picked still X two, Wolverine's Revenge, and Matt had picked Marvel <laughs> Spider Man. There's going to totally, be such totally a massive yeah. difference. I had for sure thought he was going to go Spider-Man. I for sure. It, and I can almost guarantee you if he did go to Spider-Man, you would have definitely lost. <laughs> See, yep. if he went to Spider-Man and he went first, I would have dropped Arkham Asylum on him. I was really surprised that neither of you picked Arkham Asylum, but now that's why I said it was going to be a specific game and like which one you picked out of the Arkham series yeah. was going to be a huge deciding factor. Oh, mine would have been the original. It would have been Arkham Asylum. I think that's still the best out of the three. Okay. Wait, three? Isn't there more than I don't three? know. Arkham, well, there's four technically. Well, technically there's five. Arkham there's Origins. There's, there's Blackgate. Black there's Origins. Black Blackgate was wasn't that a Vita game or? Yeah. Yeah. No. Even though technically it is, they brought it out it, on the. I mean, it was the same the, mechanics and everything, but it yeah. was just shit. It was technically supposed to be after Origins, I think. Um, but it was terrible. That being said, um, I still think that Asylum is better than City and Night. Uh, I mean. I, I I love Arkham Asylum and it's the first of its kind. But when when you're able to upgrade and innovate, you know, City was the final. I mean, not City. Uh, Arkham Knight was like you got everything you ever wanted from from Arkham and from uh, from Arkham Asylum and City. I, I like. I feel Arkham I, Knight was exactly what everyone wanted. You know, you got to do a, You got to do so much more. The I map would go so with everybody, so I, I would definitely. I didn't like the Batmobile. Arkham City and Arkham Knight definitely expanded to those that are like fans of. Since we were on the topic, Red Dead Redemption, as I like, like I'm not a particular fan of the major open world where you are endlessly doing something different and not necessarily progressing through the story. <laughs> You liked I, that it was I, somewhat linear in the uh, in in I, Arkham I liked, Asylum. Yeah, I liked Arkham Asylum. Like there was a distinct progression through the game, whereas like open world games for me, it's always like you you can choose to progress through the campaign directly, but then you got that little devil on your shoulders, like oh look what we can do over here. Let's do this. Let's do this. Come on. But and it's also it's I, also giving you the choice, like if you wanted to build up Batman before going against maybe a tougher mission, you can build him up. I mean, it, it definitely they definitely delved from one genre of game to another, from yeah. Asylum to City, because after Asylum they went open world, like yeah, which so was I a think, which was a risky choice, but I think it was the right choice because it gives you 
that sense that you're Batman, you can go to a street corner and jump down in that corner and stop a couple thugs and then go to rooftop to rooftop or go in your Batmobile. I think Knight would have been exponentially the best in the series had they not turned the Batmobile into that little tank. Now, don't get me wrong. I would have loved driving around the Batman, you know, the Batmobile, similar to kind of like you know Michael Keaton did in 1989's Batman. You know, where yeah, yeah, you got the but, you got some, you got some of the guns, but not necessarily turning it into a straight tank. Yeah, so you didn't like the Christian Bale Batmobile? No, I the Tumbler is great, but what I'm talking about is like you don't have like even the Tumbler, right? It's just the Batmobile. He doesn't even get the guns out until like way later on. But what I'm talking about is actually you have to basically morph the Batmobile into the little tank, shoot your little things, you know, the other little tanks, and then you can go back to the car and go. You know, I so think, you just didn't like the shooting aspect of the. I didn't of, like the shooting aspect of the Batmobile. Okay. Be more specific about that because because yeah. I feel like the Batmobile in the game was created. I mean, it it gave you the sense that you can drive it around all and like have those defensive capabilities which is batman-esque the tank aspect i get yeah that was the only thing i didn't like about why you don't like it too and it kind of it kind of takes away from yeah from the whole idea of batman but uh, i kind of have to agree because you don't have that much shooting out of true totally true i I think that that was added for the game to give you another aspect like to really use the batmobile but for me, the actual look and the function of the Batmobile, that's probably one of my favorites because it seems like, one, that could actually exist. And I like the fact that, you know, given from the animated series, from the movies, everything, like the, he all, Batman always had to leave, you know, the villain or whoever um, – Tied up somewhere. Tied dude. up somewhere. My <laughs> my favorite aspect is the back of that Batmobile where he can, like, put them in. Like, when you catch the Joker or Poison Ivy or whoever, you put them in the back of the Bat- Batmobile, and he can drive them to the precinct. Like, here you go. Okay, I know for sure they're locked up. Yeah. Like, I, I, f- I found it that Batmobile in the game more functional than most of the other Batmobiles. I say that, but, but I understand your that, that, argument that's, with, that's with a, tank part. I, I understand that. To your point with the driving, I mean that's an uh, evolution of the Batmobile over the decades, anyways. Yeah, for yeah. it to be a little bit more realistic, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I get your point in, in the whole tank part. But I loved the look and the functionality of the actual Batmobile in the games. Yeah, and it's it's your point. I absolutely love the functionality of it, where you could just basically throw them in the back. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go take you down to Gotham PD. Um, so I mean, it's not like he's gonna put him in the passenger seat like in Michael Keaton's Batmobile, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, and realistically, they're not gonna just sit there and be like, "Well, I guess I'm going to jail." Like, well, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna fight. Well, that was more the opening to Arkham Asylum, as he had the Joker in the passenger seat. <laughs> Which I did not understand. Well, well, yeah. technically, well, I mean, with Joker, there's always, a, there's always a plan. So, I mean, I'm sure. But honestly, that, when you that look, was the whole point. But I also did not get that. I mean, when you honestly I, look back just, at the movies, and the only ones that are really truly passengers in the Batmobile are the love interest. True. Yeah. 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 
And he's just trying to basically impress them. Hey, this is my car. You know, I'm the Batman. So it's the car, it's the car right? Chicks dig the yep. car. Chicks dig the car. <laughs> you know? Here's a, here's a stick about because I am I am Batman. Um, Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, with, with that being said, uh, I definitely want to thank everyone for crashing game night with us. Um, if you like what you heard tonight, please, guys, absolutely leave those comments. We would love to see what your guys' take on the whole debate of X-Men Arcade versus X2, um, even though it did, to my impression, was Theo, even though he said he didn't, he's, he gave that slight edge to Jerry in this one. Um, we're going to need a vote for that uh, that final that final tally on that. Um and also, please uh, don't forget to uh, hit that subscribe button. Make those comments, especially on iTunes and SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. I want to say everyone be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Thank you all, my fellow nerds. X2 Wolverine's Revenge. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's not a franchise. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, guys. <laughs> Thank you.